Hospitality Meets is brought to you by Rotacloud, the staff scheduling app for hospitality teams. Rotacloud lets you create and share rotas, record attendance, and manage your team's annual leave, all in less time than it takes to make a brew. It can also make life easier for your staff, allowing them to check their rotas, request holiday, and even pick up extra shifts, all through the Rotacloud mobile app. Start your 30-day free trial today by visiting rotacloud.com forward slash fill and find out how much easier managing your team can be. Welcome to a special episode of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where I was lucky enough to get some time with the Spirit of Hospitality crew, Chris and Robbie from Genuine Dining. We recorded this just a few days before they set off, literally on the boat they will be spending the next 40 days on. All to raise money for those legends at Hospitality Action. Enjoy. And a huge Hospitality Meets welcome back to those nutters, Robbie and Chris of Genuine Fine Dining, but also probably you know them as the, the two people who are going to row the Atlantic for hospitality action. How are you, lads? Hi, good, thanks, Phil. How are you? Yes, good. Yeah, we're good. Where do we find you today? Where are you at the moment? So I'm in the uh, stern cabin of our rowing boat, Maria. Looks very spacious. It's beautiful. <laughs> and I'm in the... Um... I'm in the bow cabin, my home for the next 40 days. Right, yeah. So um, have you started fighting yet? Or, yeah, I know you haven't even set off yet. but No, we never do that. We wouldn't tell you anyway, Phil. That's true. That's true. This is a positive <laughs> podcast, so we need a pos- positive message out there. No, it's all good. Win, Chris. All good. Yeah. Well, we're, uh, we're, you find us, we're recording on the, the 4th of December. Uh, you were originally scheduled to, to set out uh, on the 12th of December, but uh, it, it sounds like there's been some news. Yeah. yeah. On, on you go, Chris, you can give the news. So there's basically this weather front, this pressure, I think it's low pressure in the north, um, which means that on the 12th, the wind is not going to be blowing in the right direction for us to get out and head towards Antigua. Um, so they need... So it's not a, not a safety thing. It's just uh, we want to leave the island and be away from the islands before there's any weather that's pushing us the wrong way so we don't hit anything. Um, so the race organisers have advised that they, they think we will be leaving either the 10th or the 11th, which is um, Sunday or Monday. Right, yeah. So just, uh, you know, bring it forward. You're ready. Let's do it. Yeah. We're, we're up for it. Yeah. I think in some way it kind of uh, it cut it kind of makes it a bit um, thanks John. it makes it um, a bit nicer because you just want to get going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd imagine at this point in time, there's no not a hell of a lot more preparation you could do, I, I guess, than what you've done already. So you're just chomping at the bit to get cracking. Yeah, exactly. We are ready to go. We had our inspection the first day that we got here, uh, four days ago. We were the first ones out of the fleet to have their inspection, and we passed that with no uh, with no difficulties. So um, it's just about rearranging all of our gear and putting it into our cabins, ones we're sitting in, to make sure that we have everything to hand when we need it, and also just reducing the amount of stuff we've got as well, which is what we're going through at the moment taking everything right. out and reordering it and getting rid of stuff that we just won't use. I think at the moment we're probably overpacked and too much stuff and too much clutter is going to be very frustrating when we're actually rolling about on the ocean. So just a process of eliminating those 
little bits that we don't need. Have I got too much sun cream, pseudo cream? Have I taken too many t-shirts? That kind of thing. So yeah, process right. of elimination. Yeah, I mean all these things that I suppose when you're when you're not in the midst of it, you don't really think about. But yeah, I mean, how many t-shirts do you take on a roll like this? Two. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a wearing pair and a washing pair. Uh, and yeah, boxes is the main thing for me. I get a very uh, sore bum uh, quite right. quickly, and personal hygiene is so key out there. So a lot of teams are taking kind of couple pairs of boxes. I'm going to take uh, nine pairs. So six shifts during the day, I'm going to have a fresh pair on every shift. And then I'll have uh, three in reserve uh, washing or drying. So that I've always got some fresh ones. So it's like continually looping round. But uh, yeah, that's it. Nine pairs of boxes, two t-shirts, one pair of shoes, and that's it. Wow. I could only imagine that we'd be talking about boxer shorts on this um, this <laughs> podcast today. That's another box ticked in the history of this <laughs> podcast. But yeah, we caught up for the first time uh, earlier on this year. And um, it feels like the time has flown in. I can only imagine what it's been like for you guys. Has it been one of those situations whereby you get excited as you get towards it? Or is it a little bit like, holy crap, we've, this is happening? I think we were more anxious before we were in we're in Lagomera. I think that you are surrounded by people that think you're crazy um, for trying to attempt to row the Atlantic, and then you get to Lagomera, and because it's part of a organised race, there's thirty nine other teams or thirty eight other teams of people that are also rowing an ocean. And all of a sudden, it becomes very normal because yeah. everyone's going to be doing the same thing. So actually. Uh, my anxiety levels dropped when I got here, and then weirdly, when we got told it might be two days earlier, we, we walked to the brief. We walked to the briefing saying, "What are we going to do for the whole week? Like we're ready to go." And all of a sudden, we become very busy uh, with things that we need to do to get the boat ready. So I think we'll probably be in the water tomorrow. So now we need to make sure everything's done and dusted and ready to go. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a roller coaster as well. Like one some one minute you're sort of anxious about weather and routing and all that sort of stuff the next minute you're kind of very excited about what's about to happen and you know getting getting going is really good really positive yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i suppose as you say being surrounded by people who are doing the same thing really helps the belief <clears throat> excuse me the belief system that the you know you're doing the right thing yeah, yeah. There's, there's some there's some amazing people doing it this year as well. So we've been getting to know a lot of the teams. Um, there's about 10, 12 solo rowers this year. So meeting all of them, that's pretty inspiring, knowing that they're going to be out there for a significantly longer time than we are, and they're going to be alone. Um, and also there's some brilliant sailors here who have rowed many oceans, rowed, sailed many oceans, sailed around the world, and uh, hearing their stories from the sea and things like this, it all just makes it very real. Uh, but it's inspiring to see what they've done. And the fact that they're actually doing this race, like Chris says, actually instilled a lot of confidence in us that it can be done. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you're surrounded by the right people as well, right? These, these yeah. guys who are organising this really know their onions. So yeah. um, you're, you're, you're in good hands, mm. as it were. Um, I tell you what, as well, I need to get all the future guests into the cabins on your boat. Because the acoustics are amazing. <laughs> That's good. It gets uh, they get pretty noisy when you're out on the um out on the ocean. They're um the rollers on the seats are incredibly noisy. 
which is quite comforting actually when you're trying to sleep and you can hear that the rollers are still moving because it means your your crew mate's still rowing and, yeah. and, they're, and they're all good um but yeah, yeah. do you know what they're, i mean then then they're not they're comfortable these cabins they're not uncomfortable but the thought of only being able to relax in this i mean i don't even think it's a meter square um for a month is a bit mind-blowing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Your, your guests are not going to be able to see us in these cabins are they just listen uh, yeah, I mean, I, I may well put out a, a video just to kind of uh, showcase the, the the luxurious surroundings you're in. But, um, well, but excuse, excuse my eyes, Lolly. <laughs> do you want me to give you a very quick tour of the cabin? That I'm yeah, let's do it. Can do the same for him as well. Yeah, so yeah. Can disconnect this. So, um, yeah, this is the front cabin for the front of the boat. So we'll be going in this direction. So the whole time we were obviously facing backwards because we're rowing. So it's uh, about two foot wide, I would say. Yeah. Um, behind me is the little water tap. So I've got a water bladder underneath here. So our water maker, once it's turned on, will fill up the water bladder, and then I'll be able to pump it out of this tap here. Um. And then down both sides, there's lots of pockets, which are currently empty at the moment because I'm going through a bit of a reorganisation. So I'll put my clothes down in the bottom and I'll put more sort of things that I don't want to get squashed along the top. Um, and this little contraption is the, is the water maker. So Chris needs to turn it on from his stern cabin where all of the electronics are. And I've got control of where the water goes to. So this tap turns on the water bladder, start filling this one up. This one above it here, this one is a uh, overflow valve. So as soon as the water bladder is open, uh, it will start pouring out the top. So I know that that's full. And then I've got a spare bit of line that I can fill up a, another water uh, bottle if I need to do that. Uh, I've got a bit of storage behind me, then that's it. Like I've got absolutely nothing in here. Like there's no, there's no real equipment or anything like this or electronics. It's all just uh, my, my stuff. And then my view down the back of the boat, which is where Chris is, it's... Uh, there he is. Is there? Chris. Our and all of our stuff just very untidily uh, stored on the uh, deck at the moment. So yeah, that's the view. That's right. It. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from that angle, it looks like it's you know forty foot boat, but yeah. uh, that, that can it's be seven and, uh, and a half, seven and a half right. meters long. I would say our deck's probably about three meters long, so it's not very big. I've got a lovely right. little window that I can look out of once it's uh, if it's uh, bad weather. I need to close the door. Right, yeah. Well, I was going to, yeah. Well, actually, I'll come back to that question in a second. Right, Chris, give us a little tour of your space. Um, which way do you want me? This way? Whatever way you like. It's gimbling. Um, so, same as Robbie, water tap. Uh, the rudder sits behind me there, and that, you can see it's too much rubbish there. So, the auto helm is there, it's kind of buzzes the whole day. Let's see what I can show you here. Uh, can you see the computers there? Yeah. So that's our chart plotter there. So that's how we know where we are. Uh, above it is all the fuses and switches for everything. So that's where we turn everything on. And up the top here is our voltage. So how much power we've got. And then this side uh, is all the instruments saying how uh, our direction of travels with our steering wheel, basically. Um, and then the next one is the wind speed and how much wind there is. And underneath that is the radio. And up the top is the bilge pumps. And, the, and those repeat on the deck as well. So they're, they're, um, they're exactly the same on the deck. So Robbie can see everything when we're rowing. 
you can just change the direction. That's it. Five Star Hospitality means having the right people in the right place at the right time. And that's exactly where RotorCloud can help. RotorCloud is the online platform that makes planning rotors, recording attendance, and managing annual leave easy. Its simple, drag-and-drop interface lets you create and share rotors with your team in minutes. While our built-in budgeting tools mean you'll know exactly how much you're spending on staffing before sending the rotor out. RotorCloud also makes life easier for your staff, allowing them to check their rotors, request time off, and pick up extra shifts, all through the RotorCloud mobile app. Start your 30-day free trial today by visiting rotacloud.com forward slash fill and find out how much easier managing your team can be. Right, pretty, right. pretty minim, minimal, really. Uh, yeah. And then it'll be pockets down the side, which are full of our, all of our bits and bobs. Food's in the, in the hull of the boat. So, yeah, this is where the magic happens. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, well, and you're both uh, munching on Kalipos. Other uh, ice lollies are available, unless Kalipo <laughs> wants to reach out, in which case they are the only one. Because um, uh, it's clearly a little bit warmer there than it is in the UK at the moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, says, it says 22, doesn't it, mate, on the weather apps, but it's not. It must be 28. It's boiling. Really? Yeah. 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 And you're and in the, the Canaries, so now I know where I'm doing my, my winter sun in the, the future. Yeah, exactly. And Lagan, yeah. Lagamira, one of the smaller islands in the uh, Canaries, is the one that we're on, and it's absolutely beautiful. Really? And much less touristy than the rest. So, uh, yeah, if you're looking for a very quiet getaway, then I highly recommend Lagamera. It's got absolutely stunning scenery, brilliant walking and hiking routes. Uh, it's got everything. Definitely lesser known from the Canaries' perspective, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, talk to me about the logistics of how the hell do you did you get the boat out there in the first place? Because you must have had that here in the UK. How do you get that out there to, how does that all come together? Um, it's, yeah, it's a bit, bit of a journey, really. Um, there's a, we, we use a shipping company called Beform that have been absolutely brilliant. So uh, we shipped our boat towards the end of September. Uh, we had to drop it off in Holland where we did the majority of our packing there. So we packed the boat full of all of our food, did all of our snack packs, all of our safety equipment, everything that we needed went into the boat in Holland. And then from there it was collected and put into our shipping container where it was all strapped up so it didn't move during transit um, and um, shipped to the north of Spain first and then from there it went to Tenerife where it sat there for about a week and then came across in its container and arrived four days before, four or five days before we did. And then it was wheeled off and uh, we came and met it. And since then we've been taking everything off. We had to do our safety inspection the day that the day after that we arrived. So everything off the boat uh, laid out on the floor. So they counted all of the food calories that we have. Chris and I need to eat 6,000 calories a day uh, in snacks and in dry freeze meal. Um, and all of, our, all of our safety equipment as well. And then that day, I absolutely chucked it down, poured and poured with rain. It was ridiculous how wet it was. So all of our food and all of our equipment got soaked. Um, so the next day we spent the whole day just turning everything in the sun making sure it was dry before repacking the boat make sure we weren't bringing in condensation into the boat or making sure that our food packs weren't going mouldy uh, and uh, right, now yeah. we've, done that. we've done that and now we're uh, set to go 
Yeah, and the food uh, remind me you've got you've got a couple of high profile chefs who've got behind the the f- no, no you don't. They're all behind it. They're all but. they're all behind it. They're all like they're all they're all big supporters <laughs> of the role. But we were originally planning on getting um, a few famous chefs to do some uh, kind of hero meals, so Christmas Day, New Year's Day, that kind of thing. Tom Carriage has got signed up to do Christmas Day, but because of the kind of logistical way of being able to get that food onto our boat and then onto the ocean without it going bad uh it was just a bit of a risk there so uh, we decided to not go down that route in the end but they are going to be doing some uh some posting for us and some supporting so neil rankin for example if you check out our insta page has done a brilliant video it's absolutely fantastic and very funny so yeah they're all supporting Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how's the how's it been since we we did our original chat in terms of the the training and and all of that? Is it all gone to plan? Yeah, I think so. I think um, we have. It's all been gym based, really. So the last time we went rowing was at the end of the summer, um, and then obviously we had to get the boat to Holland. And there was a few jobs that needed doing that happened in Holland, so we haven't actually rowed Maria. For a good few months so it's all been in the gym um which just isn't i mean it isn't the same but uh yeah it's gone well i think we're both in a good place to get cracking yeah i think uh the last few months has been a bit more tapered down as well um which has been a good thing because we've both we've both been incredibly busy over the last couple of months before coming out here. Uh, yeah. I had a little I had a little boy on the twenty sixth of October, uh, which, has been, which has been keep which has been keeping me busy. So yeah, the taper down was welcome. So it's just been ticking off lots of little rows. We've been doing kind of an hour two hours a day, but very steady and slow state. Just kind of trying to keep our keep, and it's just keep our mobility up more than anything. Flexibility and mobility is the most important out there. Uh, so yeah, it's just been lots of stretching, lots of rowing. Right, yeah, your missus must love you. Oh, absolutely adores me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she really she, must. She, she's Kerry. She's absolutely brilliant. She's been a massive supporter from the row since the very beginning, and uh, is well behind us. She's she's our she's one of our biggest cheerleaders, um, and gets to come to Antigua. So Not there's, all there's always a silver lining. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I suppose that, you know, the, there's a lot of, I suppose you guys are the headline heroes of this, but there's a lot of unsung heroes as well, oh. right, to help help you get here. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I the amount of support has been fantastic. I think, um, you know, we're, we're doing the Road for Hospitality Action and uh, the reason for doing the row is to help people in the hospitality industry that have hit a bump in the road be that cost of living crisis, be that, you know, COVID when we signed up, they, they were helping so many people. We, we um, you know, we really wanted to do it for them, but they have been so supportive of everything that we've been doing. Um, and Mark Lewis and Jeremy and Juliana and ev- everyone at Hospitality Action have been a massive support to us and really helped us out. I mean, yeah, obviously, Danielle, my wife, who you've met, Phil, very supportive. Yeah. Um, and the kids there you know i think it's you know we're doing the row but there's so many people that have given us words of encouragement support sponsorship well on the way to that 250 target i think we're over 200 grand now if you include all the um 
donations that haven't gone through are just given. So Fantastic. yeah, 50, 50 grand to go. If anyone, you know, would consider buying us a beer when we're back in the UK, don't do that. Give us, give the five to just give it and let's hit that target to make it all worthwhile for hospitality action. Um, yeah. It'd be a real shame to do all of this and not hit our target. <laughs> Yeah, and there'll be there'll be a lot of people who'll be uh, go and then prove it, prove that you can do it, and then you know watch the checkbook open. Do people still use checkbooks? So we've had a few checks. <laughs> I think that's why we want them to give us the money now, Phil. Yeah, indeed. Um, no, that's great. Yeah, I mean, if people are, are interested in tracking your progress, how how do they do that? Is there a method they can log on and see how you're doing? Yeah, there is. There's a thing called YB Tracker. YB stands for Yellow Brick. Um, and if you follow us on Instagram, um... oh, he's gone. He's gone. I'll carry on from what he was saying. Yeah, YB YB Tracker, YB Races, I think it's called. But we'll put it. We'll put the link into our Instagram feed so that you can have a look at that there. Um, you can download the uh, official race. So if you search for World's Toughest Row Atlantic, it will come up. Um, it's probably not live yet. It will go live a couple of days before we actually leave, 8th or 9th. Um, and you can follow the dot of our little boat across the Atlantic. Um, but Chris and I will also be sending short videos and photos back. And the media team uh, on land will be posting those up. So you'll be able to uh, follow us on Instagram. Um, and we also have a community group on, on, uh, on WhatsApp too. So although you guys won't be able to post onto it, we'll be posting updates back, uh, voice notes and videos um, from the ocean so that you can see some updates in real time. And we'll put the uh, link onto the uh, Instagram page, Spirit of Hospitality Instagram page, so people can see that. Great stuff. Yeah. My phone overheated. Ah, yeah, well, if it's 27 degrees and you're indoors, be a little little hot box in there as well, won't it? (laughs) Yeah, it really is warm. It's about thirty. It was about twenty-five degrees today outside, and it's about so, thirty-five inside of these cabins. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we won't keep you for much longer. Just, I suppose, one final thing then before we go. Do you have any messages for anyone out there who's listening, or uh, just a you know, who would you like to thank, other than oh, who gosh. you've already mentioned? There's so many people to thank. I mean, the whole. I'm trying to get you to cry. To be honest, I just want you to cry. (laughs) You're going to see a lot if you follow us on on uh, on our community group on uh, WhatsApp or our LinkedIn page. You're going to see a lot of tears. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think um, you know, yeah, family, friends, the industry. You know, we're not heroes. We're only doing it to raise money. So you know, I think that everyone has just been brilliant, and I think uh, we hope we do the industry proud and. we can repay all that sponsorship money that people have given us, and yeah, yeah. The uh, we've got we've got forty two sponsors along the side of the boat, which is unbelievable. So yeah, walk down the boat park and you see the thirty nine other boats that are also doing this race, and none of them compare to the amount of sponsors that we've got on the boat. And it just highlights how amazing the industry have embraced this challenge and embraced hospitality action and the need to raise some significant funds for them at the moment. Um, and everyone's got behind it. So a huge thank you to our uh, sponsors for uh, getting us here to the start line. And then, yeah, family, um, Kiri at home with our little baby Grey. I mean, the support that they've given us to allow us to actually go off and raise this money is, is 
like phenomenal for them to even consider allowing us to do this so yeah massive thanks to our families for that um and everyone at work as well leaving them in a very busy period um yeah. so so there's uh there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes there as well and to people like you phil as well for uh embracing it and for spreading the word and helping us uh tell everyone what we're doing it's uh brilliant to be involved in stuff like this so thank you oh my absolute pleasure to be fair i'd, I'd rather be here than where you are so um no i'm uh i'm i think on behalf of the industry i think I'd, I'd thank you guys for doing what you're doing i think it's it's amazing also not just from the money raising perspective but just a kind of showcase as to what is possible you know i, th- I think as a, a species and especially sometimes that the press can make you think that we're all doomed and everything's terrible but um there's a, a lot of people out there with this the spirit of hospitality as you guys are showing and you're kind of lighting the the fire really i think up the the backsides of a of a few of us so i thank you so much for leading the way that's very kind no of you to say thank you very much yeah Thanks. thank you no worries right well i'm gonna let you get back to planning and getting stuck in and um wish you guys all the very best with your departure and no, beyond yes yeah. thank you so much guys thank you phil take care guys cheers and there we have it absolute kudos to Chris and Robbie what they are doing is truly magnificent not only that at the time of recording this two days into the race they are currently sitting second overall and first in the pairs class a phenomenal effort we'll be back as usual on Wednesday with another story from hospitality but until then thanks ever so much for listening